Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to the E2C Network, podcast by Auburn fans for Auburn fans. Brought to you by the Auburn Uniform Database. Visit them at auburnuniforms.com. Where you go, Auburn fans? Welcome to No Huddle, your source for Auburn football news and discussion, part of the E2C Network. I'm AJ Richardson, and I'm also with Ben King. We're going to be previewing the Kent State game, uh, also talking about the Rod Bramblett uh, tribute that happened, um, and then also we're going to tease a little bit the announcer blunder and uh, how that happened uh, <laughs> on TV. Um, how embarrassing. Jumping into our full-on preview of our Kent State uh, matchup next week in Jordan-Hare. Uh, ben, and then also, one other thing, I forgot about this, this is our new segment we're going to be doing, um, the Auburn fan perspective on how the SEC is doing. Um, so we'll end out the show with that. Um, ben, let's start out with the Ride for Rod um, and our tribute for uh, him. I thought it was very special. Um, ben, what do you think about how they did that um, before the game and then even um, for the flyover? Yeah, so uh, one, I'll, I'll let you touch on the flyover because okay. I didn't realize the significance of it besides the fact that I was a little bit deaf afterwards because of <laughs> my location and just the afterburners, which was great. Yeah. But the uh, the group that painted up in the end zone that said Ride for Rod with a little heart was mm-hmm. fantastic. I mean, yeah. just a perfect thing. I know Kyle's been trying to get the hashtag going, and uh, congrats, Kyle. Uh, there it is. And the that group being able to be there for that special moment. And, man, the, uh, the video beforehand where everyone – was like taking over for Rod and you know tipping their hat to him and everything and a little bit mm-hmm. of a nod. The that whole video was just I, I don't think there was a dry eye in the stadium. Yeah. And uh, if the announcers had done any research at all or paid any attention to what's been going on with Auburn before getting on a mic and being a total moron, then you know they probably would have made complete fools of themselves and completely shamed the name of ESPN and that that moron who will not be announced or will not be named as an announcer on the the broadcast but that was that was embarrassing the the way that they made something that was so special about one of our lost auburn tigers about themselves uh unacceptable yeah i i thought i didn't get to see it i mean both you and i were in the game but we saw or at least i did i saw what what went down and i was thinking man is he really doing this Yep. Does he know what's going on around Auburn? Uh, it was honestly just very Completely sad. No clue. Um, and then on the flyover, it was F-16s. We had four of them uh, flyover. Um, and typically, uh, I don't know, it was in a – it just kind of looked odd. It just didn't look like they were all there. Um, and then I saw um, that they were actually in missing man formation, uh, and that missing man was for Rod. And I was like, oh, man. Oh man, that that 
that's really cool um, that they did that. Um, but holy cow, that was loud. That was really loud. <laughs> um, probably one of the loudest. And I've heard the B2 bomber that uh, went over Jordan hair before. And that's, that's loud. But that one was insane. Um, and then even after uh, my wife and I, we walked through tumors and uh, the guys who flew over the pilots um, were actually over there. Um, so that was pretty cool to see them over there celebrating with uh, everybody. Um, okay. Let's talk about uh, the Kent state preview um, because I think a lot of people just knowing this previous week against Tulane, all right, we're supposed to beat them and it just took, forever it seemed like for us to finally win i hope we don't have that issue against kent state um one thing that i was also thinking about um why it seemed to be pretty slow start last week uh, against tulane i i think we're just running a pretty simple offense um i don't think gus is wanting um to open up everything uh before we get into sec play where the play really does matter um and that that's hey we've got two wins and with the simple playbook right now you know what i'm gonna take that um uh, because later down the the stretch uh you don't want to be giving away all of your plays you know leave some special stuff especially towards the end of the season uh against some really tough opponents um but I, i'm i'm hoping this game we take it uh we take this game away we go up against uh kent state who right now is one and one uh, and they actually, it was a tight game against Kennesaw State. Um, and Ben, you say you pay attention a little bit more to Kennesaw State, but like from my knowledge, aren't they a pretty good team, uh, as far as an FCS opponent? Yeah, they were fantastic last year. And in their first game this year, they, they won by, I want to say five touchdowns, man. And so they usually blow teams out. And now that Caroline works up at KSU, I pay a little bit more attention than most people do with Kennesaw State Athletics, especially their football team. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, for Kent State to come and beat them uh, on their own field, it's, you know, it, even though we're playing podunk teams, we're playing some of the best ones out there, regardless of if it's Tulane who's probably going to win their own conference or Kent State who knocked off a very good KSU team. Absolutely. It's it's still a good challenge for our team to play, you know, this type of athleticism even if it is an FCS school. Yeah. And I I think, I mean, even though it's probably not going to be that great of a game, but these are great games for us to get this offense going. um, That needs a little bit of a kickstart to get us playing the way we need to, when we go into SEC play. And I'm hoping this is a game where we can probably put up five, six, seven touchdowns um, on Kent state. Um, We know our defense is going to do their job. Uh, they've proved that with Oregon and uh, then also uh, this past week against Tulane. Uh, and that was also another cool stat. Our, our defense is doing extremely well. Uh, they're, they've only allowed one touchdown in the last seven quarters um, of football. So all the way back to what was it, probably the first quarter of Oregon game um, where Oregon you know, put a, a few touchdowns on us, That that made it, you know, pretty impressive to me that our defense, once Kevin Steele has made his adjustments, it's legit. It is absolutely legit. You're just trying to like fill out what the other team's doing, and it, it, that's that makes me confident that we can probably. I mean, I don't know if we're gonna get a a shutout, but it's gonna probably be pretty close. 
um, against Kent State. Um, one thing that uh, you're probably going to hear about, Woody Barrett, um, he was a former Auburn quarterback, uh, came to Auburn, uh, never got any real playing time, I don't think at all. Um, and then he ended up uh, transferring over to Kent State. Uh, and uh, he he was doing pretty decent from what I from what I've heard. And then this past game, um, he lost his uh, job at quarterback. Uh, only ended up having one snap. Uh, so I, I I'm kind of I would love to have seen him a little bit more just because of his Auburn uh, history. Uh, maybe we do see him. I don't know. Um, but if if anything's assigned from this previous week, we're probably not going to get to see him which is a little unfortunate. Uh, the guy that is coming in and his place at starting quarterback is Dustin Crum. Uh, this previous week he uh, went 17 for 23 and uh, had 192 yards. Um, I believe he also had a touchdown. Uh, so, I mean, he seemed to do pretty well. Uh, he seems to handle the offense pretty decently. Um, so maybe he's the man for the job. Maybe he's what uh, they need um, at Kent State to get this offense going. Um Ben, our players to watch because uh, we got to talk about this. There, there's a lot of players that I feel like I'm going to need to watch on offense. We, we have some issues um, on offense. Um, ben, who are you thinking about watching and keeping your eye on against Kent State um, this upcoming week? Yeah, the uh, this is a weird one to be watching during a Kent State game. But, man, I got to say Jatarvius Booby Whitlow. All right. Like, after three fumbles. Mm-hmm. against Tulane, buddy, like, you're the best running back on the team for sure. But if you can't hold on to the ball, Gus is going to bench you. Yeah. <laughs> well, and you saw it a little bit. I think that's why Cam Martin got a few more carries at the end of the game. Yeah, and I'd love like, to see. Booey, just sit your butt down. Look, Cam Martin fumbled the ball himself, and he also did not really do anything when it comes mm-hmm. to, to running the ball. He had, a, he had a catch that gave him more yards than his actual rushing. Yeah. So... I would love to see some other running backs come out too and get some playing time because we need to have a solid number two backup. One, we're giving Booby too many carries, and maybe he's getting a little sloppy because of that. But two, you got to hold on to the ball, man. Yeah, yeah, we definitely need to. Man, like that is that is the thing that Gus emphasizes. Yep, he hates and, the most. The most, uh, like you could tell at the end of the working game, he was getting tired. I think Booby towards the end of this game was getting tired. He didn't show it nearly as much. He wasn't obviously like down on the ground, like panting, uh, trying to gasp for air like he was against Oregon. But I think he was tired. And yep. when you're tired like that, you're more likely to make mental mistakes, which is, you know, keep it high and tight and guard the ball. Mm-hmm. And uh, there were just simple things like the, the wildcat where he ran the ball and you're just like, you're fumbling it, buddy. Like, come on. <laughs> so this is sad. Like, it should never happen. Booby's three fumbles, for those who don't remember. The first one was as we were on a fourth down play, and he was trying to extend it and then dropped it. Mm-hmm. The second one was trying to jump into the end zone, and he got pushed back and dropped it. And the last one was he was spinning around and holding the ball with one hand, and it got, like, stripped out, and then he couldn't get back to it, and it was a turnover. So... Two of those were lost. One of them was not uh, the fourth down and then the last one where he spun around and then couldn't get back to it. Still, though, the ball control in those type of situations, when you're going to dive over a first down line or a goal line, 
you got to hold on to the ball. You got to mm-hmm. secure that thing. Yeah. And that's something that I want to see Bowie prove that he can do here because I don't want him to have to ride the bench a little bit because of stupid mistakes because he is by far our best running back. Yeah, and Mama Whitlow, I'm sure, had him do you know, a couple hundred push-ups. <laughs> Mama Whitlow, he, I'm sure she called him after the game and he did not answer the phone. He's <laughs> like, Mama, you can go to voicemail right now. Uh-uh. Oh, man. You're probably right. If she wasn't at the game... She probably is calling his butt up and saying, <laughs> come on, buddy. Come on. You're better than this. She's standing outside the locker room. He's not coming out. Yeah. She's like, I've done I've done been the workhorse this whole game. I'm not <laughs> doing more push-ups, Mom. Yeah. Uh, the guy on offense I'm going to be watching, um, because I want to see him uh, do well, is Joey Gatewood. And I think we're going to get to see him a lot this week. Um, I just have a feeling we're going to really start. You saw um, a package or two that we put him in. Um, I thought it was kind of interesting last week. We put him in a formation where we actually had two running backs right beside him. Um, and I thought it was kind of interesting, a little different. Um, and I'm curious if uh, we're going to do something special with that besides just doing an RPO kind of thing uh, with Joey Gatewood. I have a question for you on that, AJ. Uh-huh. Probability-wise, what is the probability of Joey Gatewood actually throwing a ball? Uh, this game? Is that what you're asking about, this game? Yes. Um. Uh, I think if he gets in and we're up by like three touchdowns, I give it a really high probability, like ninety percent, that he will he will throw a ball. Yeah, I think. All so. All right, I love it. I would love to see that happen. Yeah, I mean, I think so. I mean, we have to be up. Like, we really have to be up. Like, we're not gonna pass when we're within a couple scores. Like, I I don't even know if Gus is gonna put him in if we're within a couple scores. Um, so hey, if we're up by three, maybe four scores. Yeah, I could definitely see it. Okay. Uh, who's your guy on defense that you're going to be watching for Auburn? Uh, defense? Hmm. I, I don't want to use my cop out. The Jarvis. <laughs> uh, Javaris Davis? Javaris Davis watch. Yeah. But you know what? I'm going to say Iggy. Because Iggy's been doing fantastic. And yeah. uh, Iggy's been playing lights out. It's just a fun DB to watch. Yeah, and even this this game, you didn't hear his name called very much, which is usually a pretty good thing for a DB. And uh, he only had a couple of tackle tackles um, this game. That's usually a pretty good sign that your guy, whoever you're guarding, is not getting passed to very often. And uh, so, hey, that's that could be a guy just continue to keep an eye on because you can tell he's he's tra- he's really getting into playing extremely well um, against really pretty fantastic wide receivers it seems like he's getting matched up against the best uh, one for sure yeah like mooney from uh Tulane last week he was matched up against him a lot of the game he almost I, had a I pick thought it was too cool yeah he did i forgot about that so yeah. close i want to see him get one um the guy i'm gonna be watching uh is somebody that i think he really is just on the cusp he is on the cusp of becoming a great defensive lineman is nick Coe. Um, last week he only had two tackles and one tackle for loss, but I, I'm convinced this guy can get to the quarterback. He had a quarterback hurry. I mean, we're, we're going to get to the quarterback and guys like Nick Coe are going to get there and get some sacks. I, I just want to see him, um, somebody watching him this next week, uh, for special teams. Who are you going to be watching, Ben? Uh, I know we usually call out players for this, but I'm just going to say the entire punt coverage. Okay. Because we have been bad. Yeah. 
the punt coverage has been very poor so far this year, and we need to do a lot of work in practice this week to get ready to, you know, at least one, if it's not Sippus, you know, booting the ball as far in the air as he can and then letting our yeah. guys get around it. It needs to be our group making a tackle and being able to close in on that return man and not yeah. letting him go for 36 yards or more down the field. Mm-hmm. It, two weeks in a row we've had uh, double-digit returns on single plays, one for like 80 yards in, against Oregon and then another for 36 against Tulane. Yeah. We can't have that happen again. That's yeah. that's just a, a play where when we punt the ball and we have Sippus booting it as far as he can, uh, we got to be able to stop that guy from making a big return. Yeah, I think we gotta. That's gonna be a key, and I'm glad Gus pointed that out. And I don't know how much he's putting that on uh, Aaron, but it's also, I mean, the people that are running down the field. It seems like they're either overshooting the guy, yep, um, or just not making the tackle when they have the their first chance make the tackle. Um, so that's that's gonna be a big thing to watch. Uh, the guy I'm gonna be watching is uh, Christian Tut. I just feel like he's on the cusp of making a great punt return. Agreed. And, uh, like he, he last game, he had an average of 16.7 and a long of 22. He's just that close. He is that close to getting, uh, that big, really big touchdown return. And I, I just feel like we can potentially do that. I mean, we're going to be stopping Kent state. Our defense is going to be stopping them. They're going to be punting the ball a lot. I feel like Christian's going to be getting a lot of punt returns this game. Uh, let's talk about our score predictions, uh, for this game. Uh, at the very beginning of the season, uh, we did our preview show. Uh, we both had Auburn winning. I had us winning by 49. Uh, and then Ben, you had us winning by 53. Very Barner. But I mean, when you look at the spread, I mean, the spread right now, I think it's like, what is it? Hold on. Um, 34.5 points favorite right now. We're not that far out of line. I mean, it's a couple touchdowns extra. I think it's possible. Um, ben, what is your prediction for this game um, and what and what Auburn will do? Uh, you know, last week I expected us to put up more points against Tulane, and we didn't really deliver. However, Kent State, regardless of if they can knock off a Kennesaw State, is not the same level as a Tulane on defense nor on their offense. And I really want our offense to go from kickoff versus from mid second quarter or halftime and get the ball going i expect us to score and score often and i'm saying you know the 53 that i predicted early on sticking with it man i think we can deliver i mean that's pretty bold but i mean if we get some offense going i mean and gus allows us doesn't just like call run play run play run play run play like we actually have some good variety thrown around there I think we can we can get some big stuff happening. Um, I don't think we're going to open up the playbook all that much, um, but we're, I'm sure we're going to add in a couple plays, uh, especially with Joey Gatewood probably getting a few more uh, plays in this game. We're going to get him more involved. Uh, let's transition to our new segment. Uh, we started last week uh, where we have our Auburn fan perspective on the SEC. Uh, so we're putting on our orange and blue glasses, looking at what other teams are doing around the SEC. Um, ben, what are some things that you observed over this past week 
uh, with what's going on in the SEC? A much better week for the SEC overall, unless you have an ugly puke orange checkered pair of overalls on. Mm. Because... (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you kidding me? Besides that, man, uh, (laughs) solid solid showing from the rest of the SEC. So good good on all of them, especially Ole Miss. Like, way to step it up, being Mm -hmm. one of the worst teams. uh, At least you're in the West and you're able to beat you know, those boys from the Walmart land. So <laughs> Arkansas. <laughs> uh yeah, Tennessee is is uh well I looked up this shirt that I had from back uh I wanna say it was like ninety eight when okay. we played Tennessee a good bit. Mm-hmm. And it has uh, it's a tiger rag shirt, has Avi standing over this little Tennessee guy and it goes, Oh my, we killed Kenny <laughs> And uh one of my favorite shirts, man. And I had to That's post awesome. that up. And the one thing that kept me from, you know, really just blowing it up everywhere is the fact that, uh, as embarrassing as it is, we fell to that team last year. So I hate yeah. to bring that up. There's that, but... It's not the same team as they are this year. Because if we thought the team from the past couple of years could get worse, the answer is yes. <laughs> it's crazy. Yes, they can. And they it's can crazy. lose two weeks in a row to really bad teams and s- still look... that This is the first time they've been 0-2 since, when, 88, I think it was, that they said? Yeah, it's That's, bad. That's a bad start for you. Uh, like, I'm just glad I'm not a Tennessee fan, man. Yeah, that, that's got to be really rough. Like, I'm, I'm taking what I remember from the 2012 season, which isn't a whole bunch because I've wiped that from my memory. At least we beat and, the, the poor teams. trying. Yeah. We would at least beat the teams we were supposed to beat. Like the, the non-conference teams. Yeah. Death and blind and sisters play. of the poor. Like we still won those games. Yeah. And we didn't look like their trash can that they <laughs> use because that's what they look like. <laughs> they really do. It's bad. Yeah. Like, it is really that bad. No turnovers um, for that can. It's just the entire football man. season. Like, I, I feel for them. I feel for their fans um, because they're about to be in for a very long season. And, hey, heck, go get yourself a huge turnaround, Tennessee. Uh, that would be amazing. Win half your or even three of your SEC games. I, that would be amazing. Um, maybe they can do it. Um, I'd say mentioned focus a- on recruiting. Well, that too. <laughs> because yeah. you can literally go to any player and say, hey, guess what? You're better than our team. Come play for us. You'll play right. next year. That's so right. <laughs> You're going to be a true freshman, and you'll you'll get some playing time. Yep. <laughs> That's got to be part of the recruiting at this like, point. You see these jokers on this team? Can't even beat BYU? Yeah. You'll yeah. get playing time. Um, so you mentioned Ole Miss. Ben, believe it or not, Ole Miss right now is leading the SEC West in conference play. What? <laughs> I mean, nobody's played but, conference games besides yeah, Ole Miss and Arkansas in the West. But I just thought it was funny. <laughs> man, that is that is a stat to quickly be erased. Yeah. Oh, that'll be erased real quick. Don't yep. worry. I think uh, Bama has South Carolina this coming week. So yeah, South Carolina beat uh, Charleston Southern hey, seventy-two to ten. Seventy-two points, but yeah, won a game. Good job. Good job. You did it. But Bama's coming up next week, and Bama's coming. To Clemson, I mean not Clemson, South Carolina, um, and they <laughs> they have a twenty five. Bama has a twenty five point favorite right now. Are you kidding me? This should be more man. than that. 
It probably should be. Uh, I, I'm. I mean, if I was a betting man, I would definitely say they're covering it. Yep. Um, like Bama's just way too good for South Carolina, and uh, right now Will Buschamp, I don't. He's not gonna be able to ha- handle Saban and uh, what he's gonna bring. You know, Tennessee needs a new head coach, and Will Muschamp is better than whoever they have. So once he gets fired from South Carolina, he can just move over there. <laughs> that would be very interesting. I could see it. I mean, I could see it. <laughs> um, and then LSU, um, they had a really good matchup against uh, Texas, a very primetime game this past week. Uh, LSU did end up beating Texas 45-38. to 38. Um Ben, what did you see out of that game? I didn't we had to watch a whole bunch. And I don't know if you did either, but hey, it was it, from what I saw, LSU looked pretty legit. No, I am not looking forward to playing LSU. Uh, Joe Burrow looks every bit the type of collegiate quarterback that he is. Uh, he'll be playing on Sundays for sure, and under that new offense that they have, mm-hmm. he is precise and accurate and on point. Like he yeah. was. He was 5 for 5 his first week and of course they were playing Georgia Southern then but to play Texas and some of the balls that he threw and in between the Longhorn defense regardless of where they were on the field his timing is just so in sync with his receivers it is a tough aerial attack to go up against yeah, and yeah, yeah the Big 12 doesn't play a lot of defense so we expect it to be more of a shooter but my gosh, the accuracy from that quarterback in that offensive scheme is not going to be fun to play against this year. Yeah, he was, uh, what, almost 80% passing against Texas, four touchdowns and only an interception. That's really good. He He's going to be a guy. And I know LSU was really hyped up about they – they brought in a new coach that brought in some extra special uh, type passing plays and brought a new mentality for them. And I really think, at least so far, it seems to be panning out pretty well for them. It shows, um, that, yeah. That Joe Burrows is really taking on a lot more passing role. Um, so that's a little scary to to think about that we got to face them in um, Tiger Stadium in Death wait, Valley. Man. Let's uh, let's get the cigars out, man. Let's just light everything on fire because <laughs> we're gonna go down in a blaze of glory, or we're gonna win that game. So I'm excited about it but yeah. not looking forward to it either. Um, another game that I noticed in the SEC, so Texas A&M, another primetime game uh, against Clemson. Uh, the Texas A&M, I felt like, I mean, they de- they definitely struggled. I mean, it was, what, 24-3 to with yeah, like they six, got seven seconds left, and then Texas A&M scored, making it look a little bit more respectable, 24-10 to 10 at the end of the game. But, I mean, like, you could tell Texas A&M was no match for Clemson. Yeah, Kellen Mon was out spouting that he was the best college quarterback out there this year and then just gets spanked by Clemson. And granted, Clemson's defense is no joke. I mean, they shut down University of Alabama last year in the national title game and made them look like a bunch of children. So that team is stacked and well-built. The recruits are there. The schemes are there. The They, they have the, what, either... Second highest paid, uh, I think it's second highest behind LSU coordinator on defense, and we're like third or fourth somewhere up in there with Kevin Steele, and it it shows, man. Like Clemson's defense is the identity of that team, mm-hmm. and to shut down Texas A and M and just make them look stupid for majority of that game, 
Clemson is is number one for a reason. Now, yeah. playing Texas A&M for when we play them, and it's going to be at Texas A&M, it's, it's going to be a different game. So I still have that one as a uh, a pretty big, uh, not, not, I mean, we're going to win, but I still see it as a pretty big challenge for us. Uh, defense, not necessarily as much. I think we can do something similar to what Clemson did, but man, I expected Texas A&M to at least put up a little more of a fight. They made us look really sad. Yeah, I mean, you gotta you gotta give Clemson some credit. They uh, they're they're kind of like they just have so much talent. I mean, you got the four and five stars that are from uh, that come to Clemson because it's they're becoming a great program to go to, and uh, it's that's just hard to to face. Um, so I mean, if things go that way and Clemson continues uh, doing that, I mean, they're they're definitely still very much playoff and probably championship material um this season uh one thing that i also noticed and it wasn't necessarily in the sec but i just wanted to mention it um ben did you see the akron turnover pencil oh my gosh uh, wasn't that fantastic <laughs> like it was a life's the larger than life pencil probably like five six feet long and there this guy was just like holding it up yeah i did this and then that made me think uh this is kind of interesting. Kind of reminds me a little bit of the evil SpongeBob that drew himself. Do you remember that? I didn't watch a whole bunch of SpongeBob, but like it reminded me of that one episode. It's like this evil SpongeBob that drew himself, and then like he's holding up this pencil that he just drew himself with. And you're like, this is pretty hilarious. I don't know if this was. Do you get that reference at all? I was Maybe a Cartoon Network kid. Did. I uh, I didn't watch a lot of Nickelodeon, but okay. I did see the turnover pencil, and that has to be the dumbest prop besides maybe the Tennessee trash can that I've seen in college football. It was weird. I, I don't know. That wouldn't motivate me and be like, yeah, I want to, I want to do that. Like, it's like, I'd probably put on the shoulder pads that Georgia gives their team when they have turnovers or whatever. Like, I'd, I'd rather have that than a pencil. <laughs> what are you gonna do with a pencil? Like, write with it? I'm uh, glad that we haven't done some dumb turnover thing. I'm very glad too. Kevin Steele just is like, yeah, you did your job. Good job. Yeah, you get a pat on the head. Good job. <laughs> yeah, that's about it. Um, ben, before we go, do you want to give them your social media so they can stay in contact with you? Uh, yeah, you guys can reach me anywhere on social media at B-E-N-K-1-N-G and on game days at Captain Plainsman on Twitter. And you can find me on Twitter as well as at A-J-A-Y-J-A-Y underscore. It's always great to be an Auburn Tiger and War Eagle. War Eagle. Before you get out of here, we want to remind you of a couple of things. Head over to E2Cnetwork.com, our website where you can find everything that you'll ever need from us, podcasts, blogs, and even ways to help support the show. If you want to find individual episodes, you can download all of these on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. So until we see you again, I want to remind you of one thing, that here at the network, we believe in Auburn and love it, the only question remains, do you?